0: Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by that new car smell. Instead, it's brought to you by you. Us. You. You and us. Because we're teaming up with you, our listeners, for a new intro to the podcast. Running a contest through the month of July 2017. Anybody can submit an introduction to be considered. Go to our website and look for the contest page. It has all of the details on the requirements and how to submit it. Remember, though, you got to get it into us by July 31st to be considered.
1: Thinking Sideways
0: I don't get it. I brought the aliens. You must unlearn what you have done.
1: Stories of things we
0: simply don't know the answer to. Well, hey there, and welcome again to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I am Steve, as always, joined by...
2: Devin! And
0: Joe! In an echo chamber! We're just,
2: like, excited because we're, you know... About to leave on a vacation. Oh. Oh, yeah. Vacation? Is that what we're doing? No, it's not a vacation. No. (laughs) No, it's going to be hard (laughs) work.
0: Well, once again, this week, we have a mystery for you, and we're going to share it, uh, which is going to be the quite cleverly named Project Lucifer. I like it. Yeah. This is a listener suggestion. I'm going to say this now, because I always forget this stuff. It was suggested by Dallas quite a while back, so thank you, Dallas. You have a cool name. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is Project Lucifer? Well, space. (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. it happens in space. Mm, No, like it. In a single sentence, Project Lucifer is a supposed plan to create a second sun in our solar system.
1: Which I like. I like the idea.
0: A lot? I think it's really not a good idea, but that's for, you know, my own selfish reasons. Yeah, we'll, we'll
1: go over the reasons why it's yeah, a good idea. Yeah, we'll
2: talk about that in a minute. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: We should probably just dive right in, because right. there's a little bit to go over.
2: You mean take off? Uh, her. Let's launch. <laughs> yeah. Come
0: on, Joe, where's your pun? Uh all I had you was spaced that, out? Yeah,
1: all I had was that Canadian lingo <laughs> you know.
0: Okay Well, if anybody has read much sci-fi Then you've probably read Arthur C. Clarke's novel 2001, A Space Odyssey Of course And even if you haven't read that book You've probably seen Stanley Kubrick's movie of the same name Bum, bum,
2: bum, 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 bum,
0: Yes. That once one, again, yeah. Kubrick has made an appearance in the show. Right yeah. I really like him. So apparently I'm, I'm shoehorning him in
2: wherever I can. You
0: are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, what people may not know is that there was a second book and then a second film, which was called 2010 odyssey 2 well if you haven't read the book or you haven't seen the movie and you intend to you should probably stop the podcast right now because spoilers i'm gonna talk about it i think it's been 30 plus years i think we're safe but if it's in your queue and you want to pause us now's the time to do it right on all right for the rest of you who are listening here's what's going on in the second book the monolith which was in the first book and movie it is still orbiting jupiter the monolith eventually ends up on the surface of Jupiter.
2: Where they resurrect their dead. No. Mm,
1: that's not... Wrong one. one. That's Toynbee Tiles.
2: Yeah, it's Kubrick's idea in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Resurrect dead on planet Jupiter. Oh,
0: mm. you're right. Don't that question me about the, the Toynbee Tiles. <laughs> but that is not <laughs> the storyline. All right. The storyline is <laughs> that the monolith ends up on the surface of Jupiter, at which point it begins to replicate itself and I, I know. I'm, I'm not
1: actually sure that that's what happened.
0: I read a couple of synopses, and basically, what happens is that. It it ends up on the surface, it grows, it's growing enough, and they say that it's replicating itself to create more mass, it becomes a dark spot on Jupiter. Yeah. You can actually, it's observable from space, it is growing so large. It.
1: Well, it's been a long time since I, I've read the book, but, but essentially the gist of 2001 is that the aliens left a wormhole next to Jupiter, uh-huh. and that's what allowed our, astronauts, our astronaut to travel to them.
0: Right, he and, makes an appearance in the second one, by the way.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and so I, I'd always sort of assumed that they were just chunking, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of these monoliths through the wormhole, mm. rather than it replicating itself.
0: That, I'll, that, this is, this I'll is be kind quite of this, honest, who cares I on, didn't read the book. Yeah. And I didn't, well, so I didn't have the time to watch the
2: Really, what movie, happens but it's is, not that important. What happens is suddenly there are a bunch of monoliths of the similar lots nature in the same yeah. little area. Correct.
0: Movie. And the monoliths begin to condense the Jupiter, which is a gas giant, mm-hmm. with additional mass and it is this application of the additional mass that allows Jupiter to transform into a, a new small sun, mm-hmm. cool. which is super awesome for the moon around jupiter which are considered to potentially be habitable if they just had the right uh that's sun and heat and all of that mm-hmm. so hey yeah. woohoo these moons are a spe- specifically europa
2: which has ice right it does have ice yeah, yeah. i believe
0: well, europa is the one that has all the cracks because of something coming the, from yeah, the, yeah, the underside of the ice yeah it's, they're red yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is, am, I, am I correct in that?
1: I, I can't keep them all straight. There's, okay, and then there's enchilada. Don't forget no. enchilada. <laughs> there, yeah,
0: Joe, you're actually pretty oh. close because there are thirty some odd moons around yeah. Jupiter. Oh yeah, it's got a lot of moons. So yeah, yeah, there's there's I Europa and Io are the big ones that everybody points to and then as being possibly habitable.
1: And then there's Ganymede, of course, which yes. also, by the way, Arthur C. Clarke wrote a fun short story about many, many years ago, mm-hmm. which I can't remember the name of, but I think it was called The Sentinel. But it was um, it was kind of the basis for 2001. But okay. uh, yeah, interesting interesting little story. Nice Ganymede actually turns out to be this enormous space enormous spacecraft and not an not a moon at all.
0: Ah, when
1: humanity gets out That's there. That's no
0: moon. See so, you now, I uh-huh. like. There's a uh, one that I heard a couple of years ago where Europa, because the ice, you know, everybody thinks there's something living under the ice, mm. like microscopic bacterial stuff. Or no, it turns out there's bigger. actually kraken-sized creatures living under it. And every time we land on it, they suck. They suck the capsules with people down because hey, look, crunchy shell, soft inside. Uh-huh. It, it's like candy bar. These yeah. only come along. come lot, like
1: once every billion years or so. So we yeah. better.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, back to our story, the original story that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. The the second Jupiter turns into a second sun, that sun is named Lucifer. But keep in mind, Lucifer isn't used in a negative connotation, which, you know, if you've read a lot, been spent any time around the Bible, the name Lucifer has a lot of negativity around it. Well, it's not that. Instead, it's reflection of the fact that the word Lucifer, as an adjective in Latin, means light-bringing. Yeah, um, I mean, actually, it turns that. out if it's a, a noun, it means morning star. Mm-hmm. And I know wow. that I have heard Lucifer used in that way uh, for both in... Oh, God, it's uh, it's religious studies. People have talked about the morning star used to be called Lucifer, and you don't hear it that often, but that's where it comes from.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: I'm probably wrong, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I don't know. off the cuff.
2: Yeah.
0: So... I'm up. sure yeah. everybody is wondering why in the hell I just gave the a plot, plot of a to movie. a book yeah. and a movie. Yeah.
1: Dude. Well out. Yeah. we're not
2: a we're not a film review podcast <laughs> yet. <laughs> we're, we're not that other podcast yeah, that does not, that.
1: Not linguistics either. No.
0: Yeah. Well, it turns out, believe it or not, there are conspiracy theorists who believe that this is possible, not only possible, but they claim that this is one of NASA's ongoing projects. And it's
2: totally real. Not with those budget cuts, it's not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just saying. Uh, okay. Nah. <laughs>
0: so there's there's okay. There's well, that, okay. okay so gonna credits that we're going to
2: cut now because we're done. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no,
1: no, it's it's you know actually, I mean, if they if they are capable of keeping this a secret, they can actually have a black budget too.
2: Yeah, that's true. I guess. Yeah. And so
1: yeah, yeah all, the, all those weather budget,
0: satellites, not really weather satellites. budget
1: might be a lot, lot bigger than you think. It's true.
2: Yeah. It's all Monopoly money at this point anyway. So. That's a good point, yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway. So let's go, let's jump into a little bit of science. Yeah, there like, is a little why bit of... would
2: somebody think this was real?
0: Well, the, there is some real science to it, and okay. then there's some pseudo science. So let's gotcha. just let's just walk through all of that as quickly as possible here. So, first off, Jupiter, like I said before, if you know anything about it, it's a gas giant. a mm, big planet! It's a giant planet, and it, Jupiter, as a gas giant, is referred to sometimes as a failed star,
1: which is kind of harsh, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how do you think that makes Jupiter feel? Yeah, yeah, big,
2: subconscious, dopey.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so what it basically means is that if Jupiter had more mass, then theoretically it could have become a star.
1: Well, so that's true for Earth, too. Aren't we just as much a failed star, huh?
0: No, but we don't have the gas to make the nuclear fusion. So, no, we're not a star. So, totally we are not Jupiter's a star. Yeah. We are like sea level. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Okay, no. So anyway, back to back to actually going into the science here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mass.
0: Mass. That is the huge problem is that it doesn't have enough mass to be able to allow for sustained nuclear fusion. So instead it's a gas giant. It doesn't have that ability. Mm-hmm. Now, sadly for Jupiter, it's calculated that depending on who does the math. It would need at least ninety times more mass than it has right now I to, to as become little, a
1: star. Yeah, I've heard as little as eighty, maybe, perhaps.
0: Yeah, one, so, one source maybe. said seventy-five. Uh, I mean, it yeah. really, it depends on who's doing the math, and mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah. you know you're splitting hairs at that point. To me, It doesn't really it's, matter it's,
1: because there ain't that much mass in the solar system because there, it's outside of the sun. There just yeah. isn't there. Correct. So, sorry.
0: There are a lot of other planets that are around the same size as Jupiter out there that have managed to achieve nuclear fusion. Mm -hmm. Those are what are referred to as a brown dwarf. And those are
1: actually, they're bigger than Jupiter, though.
0: They are, they Mm -hmm. are. So... When I read it and it's described, Jupiter is at the extreme low end of possibly becoming a brown dwarf.
1: And what I've heard is that it's the, the way word far is extreme. Below. Yeah, I, I've heard this way far below. Like you know, I've heard that the minimum size for a brown dwarf is about thirteen Jupiter masses.
0: I wouldn't so, be surprised I mean, by in that. in terms
1: of actual size, it might be about the right size, but, but, but it's it the doesn't mass. have the mass. The mass is what matters.
0: So let's do this, because I am really bad when it comes to description of this stuff, and I think you're going to do a better job than I am, Joe. I'll Can try. you briefly, are you able to explain to people what mass means? Yeah, Versus mass.
2: size.
0: Versus size, yes.
1: Versus size, yeah. Well, it's just like, you know, like... Uh, it's real simple. I mean, take two balloons, blow one up with air from your mouth, and, and fill the other one with water from your faucet to about the same size, and you'll notice that even though they are the same size, one has different mass. They have different masses, different densities, different densities. So Density. One, There's
0: the word. Thank densities. you.
1: So one weighs more. So okay. Yeah.
0: So that's what that's, we're getting at here. We're going to throw around the word mass a number of times going forward. So that's why yeah. I was hoping that you had a good back uh, of the uh, envelope
1: explanation. Thank you. Yeah, and the, and the reason mass is important in this context is because the more mass, the more gravity. And, mm-hmm. and therefore, uh, the more it compresses itself, which is what you need for, to, for stars to exist. Yes. You need that massive pressure at the beginning to not only ignite that, that fusion reaction, but also keep it contained it. Yeah. because the the That's, key point yeah.
0: for a star is that the nuclear the process of nuclear fusion is always pushing outwards but the intense gravity of the mass of the star itself is always pulling it back in and so it keeps it in this sort of Perfect Goldie Goldilocks zone yeah. Yeah. where it's balanced. Now, eventually, through the process of nuclear fusion, stars like our sun eventually will burn up enough that its mass will reduce, its gravitational force will reduce, and suddenly it'll start spewing that stuff out, not being able to contain it anymore. Yeah. And that's when you start to get into the the death cycle of a star.
1: And you know, and don't don't get stressed about it. That's not supposed to happen for at least like two more years, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got uh, we got time. It's
0: it's <laughs> trillions. <laughs> Got, so, it's some, time, like, it's, you know. a, it's a number that is so big you'll never have to worry about
2: it yeah again.
1: It's, it's not trillions but it's billions of years so, it's a long
2: way uh brown dwarf though mm-hmm.
1: different different kind of thing yeah. right
2: not so, like our sun is not what no. our sun is just our,
0: a, our sun is a star, a star. It's, a,
1: it's a yellow dwarf a yellow so dwarf. Okay. a brown
0: dwarf does not does put out some radiance but it's not in a spectrum it's not very bright it's not in the for us. I don't believe it's actually in the visible spectrum we can see. But it's it's not a yeah. shining star. Yeah, some of
1: them emit towards like the low end of the like the, the oranges, Yeah, oranges and reds and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and but not as much as our sun because they they're actually fusing different elements. I don't think they have enough helium. mass, and they don't have enough helium, etc., and, and hydrogen and stuff to to actually have that kind of reaction. So they have a lower level kind of reaction, which is like deuterium and something else. So it's just darker,
2: Mm -hmm. basically? So essentially,
1: yeah, they don't don't put out as much heat and light. Um,
0: Basically not as hot. Right. Simple version.
2: Yeah. But, but, it, but also it's not as bright, right? So it wouldn't illuminate the the planets around it as much as well. Is that true? Yeah. That would be it, true. Or it would it with a different color light.
1: Different, yeah, with different level, different kinds of radiation. So life on another planet around a brown dwarf would look a lot different. The planets would not be green, I'm assuming. They yeah. would be something else. be okay. something
0: uh, akin to like Krypton, you know, from the Superman comics. Mm-hmm. His star was a different color. So when he came here, he had all of these things, blah, blah, blah. But that's... Kind of the way they could okay. see. Okay. Yeah. So they can, again, they comic sustain, books, great reference. Yeah. And, <laughs> and
1: actually, they can't sustain life. It's just the planet's going to have to be a lot closer to it than we like are. Like a our moon side.
0: might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: That science having been covered, here's what our friendly neighborhood conspiracy theorists feel is actually going on or believe is actually going on is they think that the lack of mass in Jupiter could be solved by simply adding nuclear fuel to it. So this supposedly would jumpstart the process of nuclear fusion. And again, remember the process of nuclear fusion is what creates the radiance of a star. It's what produces, sends out the light and the heat radiation. I'll point out that sometimes when you're doing the reading, Jupiter's not the only planet that is referenced. You will also see Saturn brought up in this discussion. Mm. I'm going to leave Saturn out for now. When we talk about this, we're still only going to be talking about Jupiter. Eventually, we'll talk about Saturn. But from here until I say again, it's all Jupiter all the time.
1: should be. Saturn is like a lot smaller than Jupiter, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Yeah. Okay. So we've got this planet and we're going to start start nuclear fusion. So how are we going to do it? Well, it turns out Uh, that we're going to use NASA's probes. That's how we're going to do it. Duh. Because there's Galileo, Cassini, and Voyager, and a whole bunch of others in the deep space fleet that could do this, and there's a good reason for it. The way a deep space probe works is once you get past Mars, there really isn't... you run
1: out of extension cord. That's uh, <laughs> no. yeah.
2: crazy. Yeah.
0: No, it turns out once you get past Mars, the problem is, is that you cannot rely on solar solar panels to create enough electrical fuel for the satellites to work. So they have to have a secondary, they have to have a different source. And that different source is what is called an RTG. That stands for Radioisotope Thermoelectric Generator. i
2: glad you're the one who had to say that, not me. Yeah,
0: well, you know, sometimes I do things right. Not often. Uh, so that is their fuel source. And actually, a bit of current pop culture is if you ever read Andy Weir's The Martian, uh, you actually might be familiar. Movie. Well, actually, I don't think they went into the RTG that much in oh, the movie. I, don't I didn't think see so. either
2: because, you know, previously mentioned, I don't like stuff like that. Uh, yeah. You
1: know, oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, you, yeah. you
0: hate the
2: Lost I really in Space hate movies. Them.
1: You know, these yes. RTGs are cool, pretty cool little units. I really would love to have one myself.
2: Yeah. Wouldn't the, that be awesome?
0: No, 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 not at all. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's, here's why. Joe, I don't want one because here's the problem is that RTGs are radioactive. Ah, yeah. And they <laughs> putting off radiation is not good for you. Well, oh,
1: it, no, it's actually good for you. It makes you grow, get bigger. You grow an extra arm. There's all, kinds of, cool yeah, yeah. There's all no. kinds of cool stuff. You turn green. Yeah, there's all kinds of cool
0: uses for radiation. Yeah, and then you
2: start to waste away and die. Yeah. A horrible, okay. miserable death. So here's, here's how an
0: RTG works. Okay. RTGs use plutonium-238. It's in pellet form. And the heat from the radioactive elements, that radioactive process that's in the plutonium, it, it goes through a thermocoupler, which is a material that produces a direct electrical current when heat is applied to it. So it's, it's using the heat to create electricity. It's, well. like a it. solar, it's
1: like a solar panel, but it uses heat instead of light. Yes, you know? mm-hmm. but,
0: that's absolutely right. The nice thing about the RTGs, why they're so popular, is that they have no moving parts so there's nothing to break in that fashion they're Mm. super simple uh for instance the galileo space probe it had two rtgs on board um which you know, gave it all the power it needed and was carrying approximately 17 pounds of plutonium-238. So it's, a, it's a small load yeah. to get lots of energy from.
1: Yeah, I've heard that the the Russians used quite a few of these just for powering lighthouses up like in the Arctic Circle. Yeah, yeah
0: they, they do. It's up hundreds up of miles of cabling. has got electricity running through it, and that's how the electricity is generated.
2: That's what they we used to tell people on the cruise ship. If you didn't know that I worked on a cruise ship. No, I didn't know that. People would ask, like, do you, you know, does the, do you have to gas up or anything like that? And the, say no, first mate, power. he always said, um, oh yeah, no, what you can't see is the extension cord that we on run. On the ocean oh, floor. On the ocean floor. Yeah, on the <laughs> yeah. ocean floor.
1: You're actually running on little tracks with little brushes, like, well, remember mm-hmm. slot cars Yeah, yeah when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah there's little tracks down That's there. That's how yeah. it works. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's how we're gonna do space travel from now. And just put tracks everywhere. Sweet. So, so
1: people would actually ask you guys if you had to like refuel. Yeah, they really did ask you. They that. They really huh? did. Really? People's
2: wow. stupidity has no bounds.
0: <laughs> I guess not. <sighs> yeah.
1: Sorry. Well,
2: let's let's move Keep away. Keep talking from about the... Jupiter. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Let's go back to it. Okay. So so far we've talked about how Jupiter works. We've talked about how the power for space probes works. Uh, in a second, we're gonna talk about how that's going to apply to Project Lucifer.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah but, to make a big second sun in our solar system. But Yay. like,
2: but like, why? Yeah,
0: that's, that's that's the key question. question. <laughs> so, but, so, but why? Why, why go through all of this effort? The reason is, it is what we talked about before with um, Ganymede and what was the other. Um, Oh,
1: enchilada.
0: No
2: Europa <laughs> and
0: Europa. Yes. I, I, I. Okay. The yeah. idea is that the reason to do this is to create other habitable worlds in our local solar system. I. Mm-hmm. So it's a new planet that would be habitable that we could then, you know, send whatever we wanted there and turn it into whatever we wanted. But and it's literally, um, you know, months away by current today's spacecraft technology. It's, so it, it's it's pretty oh. damn
2: close. But wouldn't it mess up our solar system?
0: Not necessarily. Uh, that's we'll talk about that later. Okay. There's the, uh... there, there's there, there, that's the issues with this. It seems we'll like talk about would that would kind
2: that of mess later. it up a
1: little bit. It's, well, it depends on how you do. It.
2: But yeah so i yeah okay if I'm, you do it if
1: you do it in the way that's scientifically possible yes it would yeah if you do it in the way they're talking about no, with monoliths wouldn't. yeah
0: yeah it would not yeah. yeah okay
2: okay i yeah that's fine sorry i just like yeah. i keep asking myself like why would we want to do this yeah but, all right no that's a, that's
0: in that's a completely valid question Okay. i've asked that a lot yeah but why though okay <laughs> no actually it's It's fun reasons. Okay. So the supporters of Project Lucifer for the RTGs that we were just talking about before we went off on that. uh, They say that Project Lucifer is going to be using the radioactive material that is in the RTGs to create an atomic bomb when they crash the craft. Into the atmosphere of the planet, and once it's fallen far enough into the gas giant, the the high pressures at the depths of it are going to ignite it at which, into a nuclear reaction. Yeah. At which point, it's then going to be able to create a sustained nuclear fusion situation.
2: All of them, we're doing that with all of
0: them? Or just well, the, one payload? They, they would we, all, just, yeah. we, we just need one to work. Um,
1: one payload, I mean. Just
0: I... one payload to work, yes. Yeah. One. We just got to get that one spot on in the right, so there's the right job. There's
1: about 34 pounds of that stuff on the, on the probe, right? Uh,
0: it depends on the probe on how much there is. So, yeah. like when we were talking just a minute ago about Galileo, it's got 17 Pounds.
1: I thought it had two two RTGs with 17 pounds each. Oh, you're right. And I'm and sorry. So, 17 and so pounds. 34 a piece, so. pounds total. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So enough to remake Jupiter. Sure. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: but but the key well, here is that it, it's the pressure of Jupiter that's what's going to do it because if you know we set off nuclear bombs on this planet. And our planet is not a star. We didn't have uncontrolled nuclear fusion because wow. it burned out. There was nothing to contain it. Right. So with that low depth, that's where they're saying that's going to allow it to... to Hold that process going. I know it's kooky science. I see the look on your face. Yeah, but, well, but, yeah, yeah. I'm,
2: I'm at the point right now in this episode where I'm thinking, well, am I so naive about science that I like literally don't understand that, or is this just bad, like that bad of science? I don't know. Well,
1: I, it's uh, well, one thing, one of the things you got to know about Jupiter is that it doesn't have a similar. Our its atmosphere is a lot deeper than ours, right? And so at, at the surface, wherever the surface is, if it even if exists, we're a we're not even totally sure about that. Yeah, the pressures are gonna be tremendously high. Whether they're high enough to sustain and actually contain a fusion reaction, well, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But they are extremely high okay. by our earthly standards.
2: So it's not bad science. I'm just a well, bad scientist. I'm not no,
1: gonna,
0: no, 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 I don't know that I the answer is yes that. to either of those okay. or
1: both of those okay. exclusively. I wouldn't say it's not bad science. No, okay, I wouldn't hmm. say that.
0: So, crash a probe into the planet. It explodes. It creates this gas giant's uh, nuclear fusion sustained reaction. Turns Jupiter into uh, another star through this runaway nuclear fusion process. And voila, we've got all these habitable worlds. Yeah. That's what it is. But yeah. I mean, it's you know, I mean, it's Whatever. not as if as scary and crazy it might sound. It's not like they've ever tried it, or have they? Mm. Because. This is what has really got people going, is back in 2003, Galileo, the sp- the spacecraft, the probe. I keep calling it a probe. I don't actually know if probe is the right word. It's a uh, spacecraft, though. Probe.
1: Uh, probe works. You know, it's an exploratory okay. spacecraft. Okay.
2: Um, so it's an identified flying object. It
0: is yeah, an it is. identified flying object. Well, to
1: us, not to the Jovians. True. Yeah.
0: Well, Galileo was, it'd been on its mission for many, many years, and it was running out of fuel, the The reaction, it could not sustain it much longer in its RTGs, so what NASA decided to do, uh, and this is their official reason, is they said, listen, we don't want it to crash into one of the moons and potentially contaminate it with bacteria or anything like that from planet Earth, we want to keep it pure and pristine in its own way. So what we're going to do is instead we're going to crash it into Jupiter and destroy it that way, getting rid of any nasty hitchhikers because who wants Earth crap on their planet? Well, Uh in my
2: brain, I think if they were actually trying to colonize the moons as planets, it would maybe be helpful to start putting Earth bacteria on there. But on the other hand, as somebody who's interested in trying to find those things unique to other places... That makes a lot of sense.
1: Contaminating, yeah, right. the you, you, you would, not life want, on, yeah. yeah you, you, so you, you, you know for you, sure yeah, if you exactly. find that
2: bacteria there, it evolved, you know, autonomously from something that we did.
1: Well, and plus also, you want to actually, if you're going to do that, do a controlled thing where you actually introduce bacteria that you want to do, rather than in this case, I think it was just whatever stray crap was laying around yeah. the lab that hitched aboard that thing. So it mm-hmm. could be some negative and granted, stuff. Granted,
0: the labs are always are clean, but once it gets to the sp- the launch site yeah, and it it's gets just launched. Impossible. Th- you know, there's, there's stuff just thrown uh, things you yeah. get in
1: there. Yeah, and then there's Freddie who's coming down with the flu who sneezed on it, you know, and stuff like that. Do you want influenza viruses like replicating on, on, no. on the planet? No,
2: on their of own? No. Yeah, no. no.
1: no. <laughs> no you know, yeah. Probably not.
0: Probably not. Yeah. So uh, our friendly neighborhood conspiracy theorists, they see this act of crashing Galileo into Jupiter mm-hmm. and they say, aha! That is evidence that you are trying to make Project Lucifer
2: happen. That's what's going on. Except. Okay. Well, but uh, didn't they just disprove their own theory, right? They were like, all you have to do is crash one probe into there and blah, 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 blah. So NASA crashed a probe into there. And what happened? Well. Nothing. That's no, because no, they're,
1: they're screw-ups. Oh. Just screw ups. They tried and they didn't quite do it this oh, time. But they'll yeah. succeed next Remember, time. Remember,
0: just because they crash it in there doesn't mean it's going to happen. They have to do it right. Mm. So bear with me through okay. this. Like I said, they believed that as it went through to the depths of Jupiter, the pressure was going to set off the plutonium in the RTG, and we were going to get this nuclear reaction. And of course, NASA Holding up their end of the cover up has always said, duh, that's not possible, dude. Uh To which case they've said, duh, stop lying to us. Exactly. Well, i mean nasa seems just
1: a little bit too eager to to quell these rumors yeah yeah Yeah.
0: and thankfully i mean you know nasa was bad at what they were trying to do because nothing actually happened right yeah i know wrong again dummy (laughs) wrong again because a month or so after galileo went down into the atmosphere of jupiter a dark spot appeared on Jupiter. Wow! About a month later, there was this giant Earth-sized dark spot. So we were able to Uh-oh. observe this. I was from... going to
2: ask if it was monolith-shaped. No, yeah, no, no,
0: it was it was a circle, but it was it was huge. Actually, yeah, and it was they... yeah, it was
1: large. Although it, it looked to me like it was probably a shadow cast by one of Jupiter's moons. But well, but
0: it was like... moving, yeah. so people said it was it was. Our friendly neighborhood conspiracy theorist said that is a proof that it worked. The plutonium exploded. It went off. It just did not create a sus. Stained nuclear reaction. So there was this big plume, and that's what came to the surface. Scientists have instead said, as you, Joe, just pointed out, it was a shadow. Or others have said it was on the equator of Jupiter, which it turns out is amazingly turbulent. And yeah. they're like, oh, we- yeah, no, it's... It was weather, yeah. It was some kind of crazy storm. Giant Giant planet-sized storm, giant storm.
1: Quite Planet possibly.
0: storm it's crazy. which I don't want to be in the
2: middle no. of.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sure weather is quite fun on Jupiter. Yeah.
2: That's maybe uh, another reason to turn it into a sun is so we don't ever, 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 ever have to deal with the weather. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, we were so going to go down there. Yeah, totally we were. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, that...
0: Uh, I feel like we've gotten everything across in terms of what the story is. I feel like maybe it might be a little bit confusing. So I'm just going to do what I don't normally do, which is just the briefest of recaps. Okay. Drop a nuclear bomb of some shape or form. They say. They say into the atmosphere of Jupiter, that's going to go off. That's going to create a nuclear reaction, which is going to turn it into a sun. Which would which, be cool. Which would, now it'd be hot. Mm-hmm. Which would then also allow the, uh, that nuclear reaction turning into a sun would turn the moons of Jupiter into habitable worlds. Eventually. And, and. and Proof is that we dropped a spacecraft into it, and, oh, look, we got this giant dark spot that proves that it went off. We just didn't achieve sustained reaction. Well,
1: well, this explain. is a recap of the conspiracy theory. Yeah, The whole that, thing, yeah. And that might explain why NASA is currently working on what they call the big-ass probe, <laughs> which is like 20 times bigger than, than the Galileo. And They're not actually. but It's all nuclear fuel, remarkably enough.
0: Okay, so yeah. that is our story. We are now going to get into theories. But before we do that, let's take a quick break. If anyone had a zeal for food, it was Kerouac. That man loved food and the way he described it. How could you not love it as well? Just show me the bluefish spangle on a seafood menu and I'd eat it. Let me smell the drawn butter and lobster claws. There were places where they specialized in thick red roast beef au jus or roast chicken basted in wine. There were places where hamburg sizzled on grills and the coffee was only a nickel. And oh, that pan fried chow mein flavored air that blew into my room from Chinatown, vying with the spaghetti sauces of North Beach, the soft shell crab of Fisherman's Wharf, nay, the ribs of Fillmore turning on spits. Throw in Market Street chili beans, red hot and french fried potatoes from the Embarcadero wino night, and steam clams from Salsalito across the bay, and there's my odd dream of San Francisco. The great thing is, you don't have to travel to eat like that. You can do it from the comfort of your own home with HelloFresh. We've had HelloFresh, they sent it to us, and I loved it. Good food all around. If you'd like to try HelloFresh, they've extended to our listeners a special offer. If you go to their website and use the promo code Sideways30, that's Sideways30, and you'll get $30 off your first week of deliveries. So go to HelloFresh.com and enter Sideways30 when you subscribe. And remember, HelloFresh has delicious ingredients you'll love to eat and simple recipes you'll love to cook. And we're back.
2: But why, though?
0: Yeah, that's that's Good our question. first section of the, the theories <laughs> portion is, so why do this? And we briefly covered this a little bit before. And the answer is, to play God, of course. Duh. Duh. So the idea that some organization, which wants to set up a planet on its own terms, Is it all that far-fetched according to a lot of the stuff that we have read? I mean, we've heard about these societies that want to change governments on this planet, so why is it so far-fetched that somebody might say, hey, let's just take our ball and leave and set up our own somewhere else?
2: There are plenty of dystopian movies and books about this very sort of thing, Mm -hmm. where the elite get, Uh, live off-planet and everybody else suffers below or whatever.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, the whole thing is that, so that the this society or this group that wants to create a new society, I should say, they want to move everybody who is worthwhile, and I use air quotes around the word worthwhile, I don't know what their criteria is, Money. but they <laughs> they're going to use them to repopulate these newly habitable moons around this new sun of Jupiter, or the new sun that is made from Jupiter, Lucifer, and they're going to make their own civilization. They're not going to have any of that riffraff that this planet is just bogged down with or any of those crappy processes. You know, they're not going to have any of that stuff.
2: I think they're going to be really upset when they find out you can't have a society without people who are kind of dumb and the
0: TPS report will always live on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that, uh, but, but, uh, you know, any off planet society, they're going to leave most of the riffraff behind anyway, because when you're Looking to take somebody to your, to your new colony. Obviously, you're not going to recruit. You're not going to recruit high school dropouts with no no skills. Uh, so you know, and then you're not going to recruit homeless people and heroin addicts. Well, so, but
0: but okay, but wait, but know. but you know what? Manual labor has to be done. That's nothing, what I'm saying. Nothing happens without some guy cleaning out the slop pens and turning a wrench. Those yeah, things still. have but to But you're happen.
2: probably not going to recruit people who like have a penchant for murder. Probably that you know of. you might leave yeah. them behind. And
1: by the time we're actually ready to start colonizing other planets in earnest, um, most of the manual labor is going to be done by machines. And so the guy that actually somebody's
2: got to maintain the machines,
1: and that'll be that'll be a high skilled job. It's yeah. not going to be some he's not gonna yeah. be a dumbass. So, okay, and so yeah, you're not going to be taking any of the other thing about it too is creating your, your elite society. When you're talking about the kind of money they're talking about to create a whole new solar system in our solar system. With that kind of money, you could very easily just buy a continent here on Earth and just move everybody out of it.
0: But you're still on Earth, so you're still subject to a certain bozo in a certain country who decides he wants to set off nuclear bombs, and he's just fouled the pool for everybody.
1: Well, that can happen. That's true. So you you don't
0: have that problem if you just leave the pool and go to your own, you know, to go to the one next door.
1: I suppose it just—it seems like kind of an expensive solution to me, but I suppose that would work.
2: That's well, you know, and that's why you're the riff raft that's getting left behind. That probably. <laughs> <way>. yeah. <laughs> I
0: know. Okay, so so who <laughs> is doing this? Who yeah. who is the group that's going to do this? Is well,
2: it the Illuminati? I
0: have seen they the might talk. Be that it quali- well, hey, you know,
1: Illuminati and the Second Sun.
0: Illuminate. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, there you go. No, I have seen that it's been the, the Illuminati have been pointed at. I've seen that it might be the Freemasons. I've never seen it the Shriners or the Moose. I'm pretty sure they can't not make that, the trip. The Club. Yeah, uh, but there actually, there's a whole other group that I hadn't. I've. I I came across this. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to Clyde Lewis. He's he's got a syndicated radio program. And he's here in Portland. But on his site, they started talking about this Jason Society.
2: Oh, yeah. You don't know Jason?
0: I didn't know Jason. Mm. And so I was really, really kind of intrigued by this, this entire thing made up of super smart scientists that were doing all of these things. And supposedly Jason was... Originally created by uh, President Eisenhower, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna read a. Qu- this is all in quotes here. He put together the Jason Scholars to investigate all things cosmic, including extraterrestrials, UFOs, and the so-called Breakaway Group that would have to evacuate the planet to start civilization elsewhere. Mm-hmm. That's what Jason was all about. Yeah, I, I, it is. Is. is yes, yeah.
1: you're right. Is so, and there are other groups out there that are, are seriously discussing moving humanity. Not all of us, but but starting us, you know, off somewhere else in Mars or new stars wherever mm-hmm. to get humanity off the Earth. You know, not entirely, but you know, move us around, spread us out, disperse. Oh, well, in the
0: theory of and, using like hive ships or colony ships is not new. Yeah. I mean it's been around for. A long time. It's how we got to America.
1: And actually, I, I, huh? I I'm going to reveal it now. We are on one right now. This, <laughs> they they just haven't told the dumbasses. So just keep it on. You guys know this too, obviously. It's but, really you know, the Matrix. Yeah. 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 Our listeners are smart enough; they know about this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Nobody else does. So. Okay,
0: so so the Jason Society they're they're going to figure this out, and they're going to je- they're going to jettison all the good people to this new planet. But what is going to stop the rest of us here on planet Earth? from cobbling our own rockets together, clamp it style mm-hmm. and and going to the new good neighborhood and moving in and just turning the whole thing south on them.
1: Well they uh, they probably have like, you know, big lasers and stuff like that.
0: Well that's that's and, one uh, of the things.
1: When you show up, they'll probably just like vaporize you.
2: I think they have daimonium
1: shells. Had oh, oh, oh yeah.
2: the are you talking about the Dyson sphere? Nope.
0: Okay, different thing. Yep. Okay. Well, no, what I was getting at was that if their plan to do this works, they're going to cause some cataclysmic problems throughout the rest of the solar system, which is going to stop us from being able to get ourselves there because... When this new star goes off, it's going to exert a lot of gravity, and it's going to start sucking asteroids out of the asteroid belt and pulling them towards itself, which is then going to make, you know, the trip between the two, it's going to be, you know, going through a minefield, and then a lot of those asteroids are going to be coming and falling onto this planet, Mm -hmm. causing just mayhem uh. plus we're now going to be blasted with radiation that we weren't set up to deal with in the first place also so, we're all dummies so basically uh. we're all just going to melt and then we're like huh we don't have to worry about them. It's not like they're ever going to be able to make it here.
1: Change. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. That's not going to happen though, because uh, the plan is to, is to ignite a nuclear reaction without changing the mass of Jupiter. Mm-hmm. So it's actually not going to. It's not going to muck with the orbital mechanics of the solar system very much at that's all. That's possible,
2: but it the, will I muck mean, if, if, with if the it. Only,
1: it know, will change it. No, it I won't. Think Joe's... I mean, the mass of the mass of Jupiter won't change. It just becomes an illuminated object rather than just uh, you know one that reflects light. Now it creates its own light, mm-hmm. but. It's, the plan is not to change its mass at all. But it so, okay, uh, and so I mean, I gonna, if, I you, was... if you really want to turn it into a star, you have to add a ton of mass to it—more mass than it can be found in the solar system. Yeah, you know, so that's the only way to do it, and that will definitely mess up our orbit. But in the fake science sense,
2: right? The science, then when it becomes the a sun, suddenly science.
1: it has more influence, orbitally speaking. Okay, no,
2: maybe no, it's the I'm solar saying, winds. I'm saying the opposite of that. I'm saying that I agree that according to your, you know, the, the fake theory, right? Not the fake theory, but the fake science behind mm. it. Yeah. The conspiracy. Yeah. All science? they're doing is setting off a nuclear reaction.
1: It's not going to change. It's not else. going to change anything. Yeah, not really.
2: So there will. I mean, so it's, you know, still fine. They're just trusting that we're all too dumb to figure out how to get over there. Mm-hmm. They which which will have probably taken all true. of the people who can operate
0: a spacecraft with them.
2: They will. Yeah. Actually, um, we
1: know how to get there now. It's just it's too expensive.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and does yeah. you know they're going to take all the people with the money, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but I agree that if if we're doing it the real way, that's it's going to be a problem.
0: Well, let's talk about the real way. Let's, yeah. let's talk about some of the. Let's talk about the approved science. That's oh. not not the alternate alternative science. Let's talk about the approved actual science that we get from all of the people who study this stuff and seem to be the scholars that most people refer to. Uh-huh.
1: Let's start with that. I'm talking about the, you know, the people that are in the uh, in the employ of Big Oil, all those people that are.
2: <laughs> you mean Jason members? No, been, no, no,
1: not paid. the Jason members. Yeah.
0: We're talking about uh, about the guys at NASA, the guys oh, who are instigating the yeah. cover up.
2: The guys at NASA are part of Jason. Maybe they are. They, of course, they are. Yeah. If they're if they're involved in the cover up of Project Lucifer, they are part of Jason. Okay, yeah,
0: no doubt let's go backwards here a little bit let's let's roll back and let's talk about one of the first problems we have which joe was just talking about which was or briefly alluding to which is the source of this nuclear fusion process which is the rtg yeah rtgs are not atomic warheads no no (laughs) they're not something that is weapons grade plutonium that's actually something very different RTGs use plutonium-238, which is called Mm reactor-grade. A nuclear weapon uses, I love how clever this name is, weapons-grade plutonium, which is plutonium-239. And the other difference is that inside of weapons-grade plutonium, there is also a very, very small, like single-digit percentage of plutonium-240, whereas reactor grade has more plutonium 240 in it. Now that's an important thing to understand because it is the plutonium 240 that makes it harder to sustain a, a a chain reaction in the nuclear process. Which is
2: why you might want to, you know, put it on something you were blasting into space You'd want something fairly stable, something
1: that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would in be a, t- a tiny thing. little
2: space, instead of something that might you know, if got rubbed the wrong way, might just explode. Like a kablooey. Uh, right, uh, right, especially yeah. if you're. Shooting it into space through our atmosphere. Yeah. Well,
1: they actually, the way they do it in the RTGs is they put them all in like their own separate little little container mm-hmm. made of iridium and some other stuff that mm-hmm. are basically kind of unbreakable. So they can't, there's not enough in any one of these given containers to actually reach what's called critical mass. Because That's it's not 240 the same as though. not critical.
2: Well, right. it's, it's the combination. Well, 240
1: helps to make it more stable. But, right. But also, even if it was like weapons grade, there wouldn't be enough of it to really, I think, be... In any given space, to actually be enough of a critical mass to be t- t- turn into a weapon, even yeah. if you even if you crash but it might explode it or whatever. Uh, not necessarily no, explode. Probably not. It could escape its container somehow and scatter around and poison a few people. That's about it. So
0: here, yeah. to to answer your question, it, it could it explode? Yeah. Okay. If I understand correctly, it's the plutonium-240 that has kind of a stabilizing effect on the nuclear process, Mm -hmm. but in 1962, the United States did conduct an underground nuclear test with non-weapons-grade plutonium, so reactor-grade PU-240. They were able to get it to explode. It was very difficult, and it had an extremely low yield, so... Even though they got it to go off, it wasn't as if it was, oh, my God, we found the mother of all explosions. Yeah. Well, this, this sucks. This is way less than yeah. what we already know how okay. to make. Okay. But, of
1: course, you gotta, you got to remember, too, we only know what's in those RTGs because that's what they've told us.
0: And that sure is enough. a yeah. beautiful point, Joe. Yeah. I, I wanted to make sure that we at least got that across, that this is everything that is, I'm going to use the word, uh, I'm going to say documented, uh, officially.
1: For so the sheep, maybe out
0: there. maybe we're yeah. being lied to. Maybe of our, we are. our our friends here in the next section are right, and what is on the schematic is only a portion, or actually completely wrong. I don't know.
2: Totally wrong. 100%. Totally wrong.
0: Well, it could be. It could have some of it, but it's just you know they've scaled it in some way. But what Joe talked about before was the fact that it's so difficult to get the plutonium in the RTG to go off. And that is because of the fact that each of these bits of PU 238, I've seen it described, they're about the size of a marshmallow. And not the Mm. little ones that you put in your hot cocoa, but the bigger marshmallows. The jumbo ones? Yes, a jumbo marshmallow which is then enclosed, as Joe said, in Iridium. That is then put into a shockproof uh, graphite impact shell. That is then put into what they call a general-purpose heat shield module. And (laughs) they are so multi-layer wrapped that they cannot come into contact with one another. So, I mean, if something goes wrong, let's say an asteroid comes flying by and smashes into the, the spacecraft, rather than jamming them all together, they are going to scatter in the wind like packing peanuts. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. They're, yeah. they're going to spread about. They shouldn't be colliding with each other. And even if they do, they, they, they're so wrapped up, they can't fuse. Yeah. So they cannot create um, the, Crit, that, yeah, that critical, critical mass.
1: mass and yeah, and so they can't go critical, and so, yeah, yeah. Easier. Yeah,
0: so they, they, they can't get a large enough mass together.
1: But, of course, that's, uh, that's only according to what they're telling
0: us. Correct. Now, the thing to remember is that, and this is why it's kind of difficult to make a fusion reaction or a nuclear reaction happen in general, is that you need to be able to implode all of the material around the plutonium equally and at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's from all sides. If you only do it from one side, it's not going to react. It's not going to create that, that fusion. So it's not going to go off. So again, that's why the, the packing peanut method is so good and it's actually really hard to create this perfectly ignited system. We did it, I mean, in the, the 40s, in World War II, the, the US dropped Fat Man on Nagasaki it used this implosion trigger mechanism, but it took the U.S. many, many years yeah. to get it and those, right.
1: those, by the way, were not fusion bombs. Those were just atomic bombs. Right, they but they used bombs. that
0: implosion method.
1: One of them did. The other one used the... Yeah, Fat Man. Yeah, the other one used the gun method. The gun man. barrel. Yeah, it used the gun barrel. Yeah. But, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, they, yeah. they didn't do it the same the whole time because it's not easy to do.
1: Mm, yeah, they were essentially the prototypes. And, yeah, it's like that. They, they actually had these special little switches and everything out of themselves, a non-exportable item and everything, just just to make sure that all the charges go off at precisely the same time. Because that's what it is. It's just this sphere of explosive, all these different charges, with all these wires and switches and igniters going to them, and they've all got to go off at precisely the same time.
0: If there's a delay, it doesn't work.
1: And believe me, you can you can wire it up as, as good as you possibly can, and they're actually not going to go off at precisely the same time, so, if, like if you and I do it.
2: Yeah. So here's a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you shot something into, like, Jupiter, for instance, mm. is the pressure going to be equal from all sides at a given time?
0: Uh, more or less theoretically yeah and uh, that's, and that's that 's where that 's why the science that 's why it's Jupiter is one of the the places that they use this idea for, because theoretically, as it falls through the atmosphere miles and miles and miles and down, the pressure is going to be uniform on all sides
2: even behind yeah on all sides yeah. on all sides i mean it 's okay.
0: like the pressure on a deep sea uh, what is the the Alvin and, and the, yeah, the autonomous... Tri-
1: Trieste and all that stuff. Yeah, the
0: autonomous yeah. robots that go into the, the Mariana's yeah. Trench and stuff like that. The pressure on all sides is basically the same. Here's the next question yes. then.
2: Follow-up question. The little containers that they put them in, it, how, how precise is that, right? I mean, human error is a thing. Manufacturing defects are a thing. So are they all so uniform that they would also deconstruct At the same rate. So our Mm, friends—they're
1: not—they're not not built to that kind of that kind of specification. Our
2: friends
0: who are putting out all of this are under the belief that the intense pressure is going to jam everything together at such a great force that that, it won't even matter. That it won't matter. And basically the iridium is going to separate naturally away, if I understand it correctly. And then the next layer of the packaging peanut is going to separate and they're going to kind of condense, you know, based on their own densities, they're going to re reorganize. And I mean, it's, it doesn't make sense. It's weird science. Some of it does make sense. I will give mm-hmm. them that from a layman's perspective. Some of it makes sense, but some of it doesn't follow the rules of logic that well, we've learned. Well, yeah. and
1: I don't think that... Uh, let's face it. If if NASA really intended to, to do what they're what they're talking about here, then they wouldn't have separated all that that great plutonium out in all these little containers. They would have put it all together where it could actually be touched off if and that, again, was, their, if that said, was their plan. again, as you said, maybe they are. But... I don't think that uh, I don't think the pressure on Jupiter is ever going to be big enough to actually touch off a a fusion reaction. Yeah, I don't believe there just isn't enough pressure there. So
0: let's and, and let's let's do this real quick because a lot of this science of how the sun works it's miles above my pay grade, mm. but we talked about it a little bit earlier and I'm not going to go, I mean, I've got some stuff written here about you know the, the combination of helium and the proton to proton chain. Like, We don't need to go into all of that as I read this again. Really what we talked about before is it's got to have enough gravity to hold that fusion reaction to itself and not let it expel everything out. So the science says that Jupiter, even if it did create a sustained reaction, would not be able to Hold it all in. Yeah. It would burn up and it, it would doesn't have Expel the mass. it all into space.
1: That's why, yeah, that's why it needs to be like eighty, ninety times bigger than it is. That gives it the gravity to hold it all together at the center and mm-hmm. you know, sustain a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So so sorry, Jupiter.
0: That's why you're a failed star. <laughs> <laughs> if you had just studied for the SATs, you would right. have made it.
2: No, she should have just stopped losing weight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Stop dieting, Jupiter.
0: Yeah. We need you to be big. Yeah.
2: Okay. We need you to be a thick planet. Okay. So
0: we've talked about why they're doing this Project Lucifer. We've talked about the official why it can't happen science. Real science. The why it can't happen science. (laughs) I'm not going to call it that because, you know, we never turn away a theory. Right. I mean, that's one of the things we do. It's silly, but we do it. Okay, so we're going to go into the conspiracy theorist section of their science.
1: Why they say it's real. Why they say
0: it's real. So if you remember, we talked about the 1962 nuclear test with reactor-grade plutonium. Well, they say, look, it proves that you can light this stuff off, so it is entirely possible.
2: Would it be safe to say that the similarities are like saying oh hey you can light this um sparkler off or you can light this mortar firework off you can do both yeah. right yes one is going to create a sun the other is what the u.s did underground would mm-hmm. that be a fair comparison
0: mm-hmm. that is a, in, in the most general in really basic way, general way to say it that is not a bad a way to look okay. at it okay because yeah. it is
2: technically the same thing right yep so, it, 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 could, it could
0: ignite, but it wouldn't sustain for very long and it wouldn't be very powerful. So, yes, Kay. I'll give you that. Yeah,
1: okay. I think that one of their things they're saying is that Jupiter has more of the constituent elements just right there present in the atmosphere to create this chain reaction that we sure. don't have in our atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. I don't know.
2: I don't either.
1: But, yeah. Well, and I, I, yeah. So I don't
2: know that
0: if they know. Even if yeah. Jupiter went off, I don't know how long it could sustain the reaction, but. Right.
2: That's the big problem.
0: Let's move back. Remember, I talked about, we've already talked about this a couple of times, Galileo? Yeah. We crashed him into Jupiter. Yeah. I don't know why it's him. Maybe Galileo. her. It. Yeah.
2: Galileo, Galileo crashed
0: into Jupiter. Galileo
1: was a dude, so we'd call Galileo him
0: Okay. Galileo Well, at that time, there was a guy named Jocko Van Der Warp. Did I say that right, Joe? I yeah. have no
1: idea. That okay. works for me, though. I like all it. All right.
0: Well, he went on Coast to Coast AM. We've talked about them before, the radio program that uh, talks about all of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said that the 2000 crashing of Galileo...
2: 2003?
0: Yeah, I said eight, didn't I? You it, just said 2000. Oh, well, it's the 2003 crashing. Well, not to be confused with the 2000 crashing that didn't actually happen. Right. Of course. Three uh, so years the, too early. 2003 <laughs> crashing of Galileo into Jupiter, he's the one who seems to have initially claimed that the plutonium in the RTGs was going to ex- implode. Mm-hmm. His appearance on that show was then picked up by another guy uh, named Richard Hoagland, who said, and Richard Hoagland, by the way, believes all things space conspiracy, from what I can gather. He he believes that all of the things that we see in the photos of Mars are actually old structures from a Martian civilization. I'm generalizing here, but... Those are things that he says. Oh, by the way, he also says NASA's covering up that ancient civilization. Of course. But he heard this stuff from from Vanderworp, and he locked on. He got on board that bandwagon, and he just broadcasted. And he seems to be one of the major proponents of the idea that the black spot that happened a month after Galileo crashed... He's the one who seems to be the source of the, the the reporting that that was proof that a reaction happened. It just wasn't sustained. So we actually can trace this back a little bit to somebody to figure out at least where some of these stories come from. You know, how often do we talk about this? We have no idea who it was. We can't figure it out. I think we actually
2: have the I source think you for do once. I too. I mean, I'm puzzled by some of the things that he says, mm-hmm. but yeah. you think you do have your source, Yeah.
1: Yep. although you know if you if you look back um far enough you might some find somebody speculating somewhere in popular mechanics way back when that maybe we could turn Jupiter into a second sun you know i mean the, the idea may have been floating around for longer than we know I yeah. mean, it's true. I, I'm not really sure
0: well, according to uh to Hoagland, in order for this to have happened, the explosion on Jupiter would have needed to be. 2,800 times the size of the biggest nuclear bomb we ever set off on this planet, which, by the way, was 50
1: megatons. That that was a big one. That was one the Soviets set off, right? Yeah, they set it
0: off in 50... I want to say 52, but I, I don't want to lock into that because it's, I don't remember the exact year, but it was, it was, I almost said a different word. It's really big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, big. really big. Um, so we, I mean, that, that yield is phenomenal and the math. Again, like a lot of this, the math is a little weird, and but he's saying that NASA's lying and they are basically floating these intensely powerful warheads through space under the guise of being objects of observation for other planets.
2: Well, but why did it take a month? For us to observe the is it because Jupiter's just so big that it that's well it, came it, it, took, it
0: took it took so if I understand if i'm I'm reading into what he says, mm-hmm. it took about two weeks for it to fall deep enough into the atmosphere of Jupiter for the pressure to become great enough to ignite the plutonium But I'm sorry and then it took science. another two weeks yeah, for
2: that to radiate back up for us to be able to see. Yeah, that just that, doesn't make sense to my brain. But that's why I will be one of the people left behind.
1: That's uh, okay. There'll be lots of us. Yeah. It'll be a party.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but he's say, he's saying that uh, he's talking about 2,800 times the size of that 58 megaton bomb, right? Right. I haven't done any any actually calculation to figure out how much plutonium you'd have to have.
0: Uh, more than I believe you can pack on these little spacecraft.
1: Well, that's, that's Or
0: uh, it is an amazingly, amazingly pure grade of plutonium well, that is so yeah, reactive. It would still
1: have to be a lot more than 34 pounds, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. No, yeah. no, I'm I'm not in disagreement with you at all there. It would need to be a bunch more.
1: Yeah, I'm not. For a bomb in that size, I'm not sure that we have a rocket right now that could actually get that to Mars or, or excuse me, to Jupiter.
0: Yeah, no, we don't want to put it into Mars. We want to put yeah, it into either. Jupiter.
1: Well, actually, I, I'd really Mars rather, will just fly apart. I'd really actually kind of like prefer to to nuke Mars because that's the planet that I'm actually really more interested in terraforming.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elon, well, nuking it is not going to help that process.
1: Know. Elon Musk has got this cool plan actually to nuke Mars. <laughs> <laughs> he does. I'm he not He does joking. actually
2: have a cool plan. I yeah. know, but I can't help but laugh at I it. Know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't involve flying Galileo into it though, so no, that's, it that's okay. the good news.
0: <sighs> Sorry, I. Can't help start laughing hoagland also he's also the source that seems to feel that uh the whole crashing into jupiter instead of the moons to not contaminate them he seems to be the source of the, the one saying well that's a total lie uh i don't know why but he is uh but uh, the last thing i want to talk about here is we talked about earlier we've only discussed Jupiter this entire time, and soon the spacecraft Cassini is going to be crashed into Saturn.
1: I know, because is, it be is sad. Really, kind of. Yeah, uh... you know, it's
0: been up there for 17 years. I mean, it's it's been there for a long time. It's running out of power. It's at the end of its lifespan, and they're going to do the same thing with it as they did with Galileo. People are now saying, well, they're trying it again. They're going to a different planet because it didn't work so well the first time. Except there's a massive, 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 massive... I can't get across how massive this problem is. It's about 90 times more massive than Jupiter. (laughs) Is
2: that... Saturn is smaller. Well, than yeah. Jupiter. It's also not a gas giant, is it? Yes, it's a gas it is. giant. It is? Yeah. it is. a gas giant. Which one am it, I thinking of? Uh, I don't know. I
0: don't know. You're thinking what of one? like uh, Uranus, Neptune, or, or, or right? yeah. something Neptune, like that. But, yeah. but but it is it is smaller on magnitudes of scale. I think it's Joe. Do it's you remember? About about? A, it's about a, in
1: terms of mass. It's about a third Jupiter's. Yeah, okay, size. thank in you. Terms of mass, which is what we're yeah you know, what, yeah yeah. What, so it's even smaller.
0: So it's going to be even harder for this to actually work if it. Indeed, this was their plan. Like, this is the most screwed up plan if they're like, well, we're going to do it again. But let's go to the one that's even harder this time.
2: It's almost like it's not their plan. It's almost like they're trying to fail. Yeah. Is,
1: there, are, there are some cool, interesting, ambitious plans out there. Like There was one that, that NASA just floated in February this year. Which is basically to put a satellite in the L1 orbit between the sun and Mars, and and essentially the reason Mars doesn't have an atmosphere is because it's it's too close to the sun and it's
0: no, burned no, no. off.
1: No, no, Mars is further from the sun than we are. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Venus. I'm... Venus actually has more of an atmosphere than we do. They what have am a very I dense atmosphere. Of? Okay, anyway. Yeah, but anyway, you're thinking maybe Mercury, but it's uh, probably. But it. but uh, uh, essentially. Mars' uh, magnetic field died about three plus billion years ago. Because
0: it didn't have as much iron in its core, is that right?
1: I'm not sure exactly why. It, okay, it died I remember reading about that could, this before. That could, but be, ex- that could be why, but, uh, it's, but essentially, our magnetic field, believe it or not, is, is, it protects us from the solar wind. It diverts us, uh-huh. and, and that's what keeps our atmosphere from being stripped away like Mars' uh-huh. a- atmosphere has been. So there's a plan, and, but it's just, it's just an idea. So to put it, it my to put this thing in orbit between the sun and Mars might be prohibitively expensive but if on the other hand we could do it it would be what really What are they
0: what are they putting between I I guess I missed it's
1: essentially it's a, it's going to be it's going to generate a magnetic field okay. that will essentially uh protect Mars from the sun's from the solar wind and uh-huh. it's a really cool idea if it's actually you know if we can actually afford to do it because once we had that protection for mars's atmosphere, then there's volcanic activity on mars it would it would it would generate an atmosphere mm-hmm. in actually a fairly short amount of time, and so between that maybe drop a few nukes here and there to kind of encourage the polar caps ice caps to melt a little bit, you know that kind of thing uh, Mars could actually be more habitable in not a long period of time
2: what's not a long period of time decades hmm.
1: I mean, and we're like not talking a lifespan Yeah, we're not and we're not lifespan. talking walking around, you know, walking around on the surface without any sort of breathing aid or anything like that. I mean, as far as getting it to some sort of Earth kind of atmosphere, God knows how long it would take to get that's everything. centuries, it if could not be, more. But yeah, yeah, but in terms of terraforming uh, terraforming a planet, that's actually one of the, the quicker ways of going about it some of the other methods that I've heard about. And yeah. so it's a cool idea. And so there's, there are ideas out there that create new. And so whenever I hear ideas like Lucifer, for example, I'm always kind of like, yeah, cool, let's create some more habitable planets in our solar Except system. Except
2: for that one's a dumb one.
1: Well, that's a dumb idea. Yeah. It is. It's is kind of a dumb idea.
0: I mean, even, and it's like we said before, even if Lucifer worked, I I really still think that it's going to cause some serious problems inside of our own solar system. I mean, I if for know. no other reason than the radiation.
1: Well, I'm, because... You know, that's not that much. I mean, it's far less than our sun puts out. And well, but they're actually further from our planet. I mean, even its closest approach, Jupiter is still farther away from us than but it's we going okay sun.
0: so what i mean by that is not necessarily the cancer causing kind of radiation boil my insides but it's mm. it's going to create probably some radiant heat and the the impact to our light and their day and night cycles mm. could actually destroy this particular planet because everything is used to a certain amount of time where it is on this globe. And if we suddenly add a second light source, that entire day-night cycle is going to be thrown into a tailspin. I
1: seriously doubt though, that the Jupiter, even if it became a little sun, would be any brighter than a full moon.
2: Well... For me it's just all the unknowns. Oh yeah. I mean there's literally no way for but us to know.
1: Luckily it's that not it going to happen work. anyway. Right, which is great. Yeah. The only way don't we're going to make worry about it, it yeah, the only way we can make this happen is either go outside our solar system and get a huge amount of matter to bring back to add to Jupiter or go siphon stuff out of the sun and add it to Jupiter.
0: Well, that's a which, dumb idea.
1: Well, if we had the means to do that, then we can do pretty much anything. We don't need to waste our time trying to create a star out of Jupiter. You know, yeah, we could, we could essentially build ourselves a giant, like, orbiting tiki torch.
0: And <laughs> that. Yeah,
1: We don't need to, we don't need to turn Jupiter into a star. Ah,
0: uh, I yeah. am from planet Tiki Torch. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I yeah. But no, I, I think it's when we get to the point where we had the technical wherewithal to turn Jupiter into a sun, and I hope we do reach that point someday. We probably won't do it, but it'll be great because having that kind of technical wherewithal means that you can do some pretty fantastic things. Yeah. Cuz yeah, moving moving that much mass from outside our solar system to Jupiter, that that would be a quite a huge achievement.
0: Yeah, I I mean but th- that's also that's again that's in the same frame of reference of if what we need is energy to change these particular planets to do stuff then why don't we do, you know, the, the Dyson sphere so we're capturing all of the the power of the sun sure. channeling it somewhere. Yeah. That seems as just as much of an effort as lighting a, a gas giant. On fire.
1: Yeah, it probably makes more sense. There's a lot of things that would make more sense yeah. than turning Jupiter into a sun. Okay. Yeah.
0: Anybody, either of you, I think we've walked through most of this. You got anything else? Nope. You're kind of spaced out. I see. (laughs) Uh, 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 uh. Did it again. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Another mystery solved. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to
1: worry about that second son.
0: Yeah. A couple of little bits of uh, normal show information here, which is we do have the website. Website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. On the website, you're going to be able to listen to this and all past episodes. We'll have some links to some of our research. On the website, we've got the Episode list, so that is a page that shows you all episodes that we've done in the past, so it's a little easier to come through than some of the player's. We also have merchandise available on the site. So we have shirts and mugs and all those kind of things. I know we just got a fresh batch of shirts in, and they're pretty pretty cool. They're sexy as hell. Yeah. Okay. So if you are listening to this, you are probably listening to this through a number of different apps. You could be listening on iTunes or the iTunes podcast app which streams so whether you're downloading or streaming you do have the ability through apple to rate and review please do so we appreciate that helps other people find us Uh, if you're on any of the other streaming apps so google play or stitcher or whatever it is uh, if you're able to rate and review through those please do i know there's a whole bunch of them out there so it's hard to know they're all a little different we are available on social media, so we have the we've got Twitter, so that is thinking sideways without mm. the G in the middle. We have a Reddit uh, account, so we've got the is it I always screw it's Reddit. Subreddit. Up. Thank you, it's the subreddit where there's episode discussions uh, and recaps in there, and then we're also on Facebook with the Facebook page and the Facebook group. So like the page, join mm. the group. Lots of really chill, cool people. We talk about episodes, we talk about a whole a whole Slew of stuff, but it's good times all the time way around. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's good though.
0: Uh, last but not least, is you can get a hold of us by email. So if you send us an email at thinking sideways podcast at gmail dot com, so you got a question, you got an episode suggestion, you got anything else you want to chat with us, go you are ahead. Jupiter, yeah. If you are Jupiter and <sighs> you feel bad about us talking about your size, send us an email. Uh, we will respond to all emails. It does take us some time these days. We're, we're always we're always You're trying right. to keep up on them, but there's a lot of them coming in. You never so. know.
1: Might be. But don't be shy about sending them. Oh don't yeah, worry no, about don't it. Yeah.
0: don't not send an email because yeah. of that. We will reply. Yeah, no. yeah. All right. Well, that is all that I have here. So mm-hmm. I guess that we will just wrap this one up. All right. Toodle-oo, everybody.
2: Space. Balls. The finals. The frontier. <laughs>